0: You are locked on Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, guys, gals. Obviously, you know, uh, magical night last night. Uh, getting to see uh, the fruits of all the labor, uh, young kids, uh, John's off se- John Dorsey's offseason. Obviously, Baker Mayfield, it was nice to g- actually get to see that. We're going to get into a bunch of things here. Uh, we're going to do it some PFF-wise. Uh, John Costco, kind enough to join us here. We're going to go through with your local experts on- On the biggest stories, on your daily delivery of all things, Dog Pound, uh, the sponsorship of Locked On Browns comes from the good folks over at Manscaped, who is your number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code LOCKEDON, capital L, capital O, again at manscaped.com. Use the promo code Locked On, capital L, capital O, to receive twenty percent off. John A, it's been too long. We'll get into some game talk, but um, look at you, eh? John Costco, maybe becoming a little bit more of a corporate guy as we
1: make the trek closer to the east. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I've uh, moved to Cincinnati, uh, where the headquarters of PFF are, and uh, PFF is you know, no longer pro football focus, we're actually just PFF, uh, because we do more than just pro football, we do college football, and we did AAF, and we do actually... That was so uh,
0: funny that everybody tried to jump on it, and then all of a sudden it wasn't a thing anymore.
1: Yeah. But yeah, so I'm, I'm here in Cincinnati, um, and, you know, I... am uh, just uh, I can go into the office. I haven't actually been into the office yet, but because most of my what I do is from home, anyways. But uh, at least I'm here and uh, available to the company in a much more immediate presence if needed. But mainly, I'm still doing what I've been doing the past couple of years, which is uh, grading and all these these games and, and players. So uh, just it's but it's a good change of scenery. It's a lot hotter here, that's for sure. In uh, northern Minnesota.
0: You'd already be shoveling your driveway if you were still in Minnesota, John, let's be honest.
1: (laughs) Most likely, yeah. There's probably a polar vortex that's going on up in uh, Bemidji, which is, uh, you know, and they probably got three feet of snow. So, uh, yeah, you're you're probably right.
0: Well, I mean, you know, and this is part of it, John, and, you know, this is, you know, I mean, look, uh, you know, obviously you, you know, doing brown stuff over at PFF, obviously me with, you know, doing the show here, uh, it's, you know, I... It's not to toot your own horn, because we didn't essentially make it this way, but this has become a very, very big product to be followed. Um, obviously, a lot of anticipation for what this team can do this season. So, uh, before we even get to the grades, I mean, last night, the offseason, John, we were, try- we were trying to do these shows and talk about this during 0-16, in like, oh, well, he had a nice week. I mean, now it's like, look around everywhere. I mean, there's positional talent everywhere. You know, and we were doing this in 17 and, and trying to, you know, give me some reason not to slash my wrists,
1: essentially. <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite the, the... It's amazing what two years, not even two years, can do. Because uh, like even last preseason, you know, there was some obviously hope and excitement and stuff like that, but boy, has it ramped up. And Obviously, this isn't all po- at all possible without Baker Mayfield, because you don't you don't hit on that quarterback. and Can you imagine? Can you imagine drafting Saquon Barkley and then getting the last of the three picks at four or something like that? Like, imagine if some, it was Josh Rosen or, or Josh Allen. You know, like, oh. like it's just it's one of those things where. Um, it's just kind of unbelievable that people were actually considering doing that last year, or even advocating for it. Like, oh, just, just take Saquon. He's a generational running back. It's like, he's the, uh, what, the, the ninth, ninth year in a row that there's been a running back, a generational talent that that position? I mean, it's not really... I mean, yes, he's fantastic. He was literally everything that the Giants wanted him to be, and they won two more games. And not, not really because of him. It's just because you... You usually improve when you only win three games in one year. You usually improve, so um, I can't I can't imagine um, that you know what the feeling Giants fans are having. I you know compared to what Browns fans are having is where you 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 nailed the quarterback position and then you went out and got Odell Beckham Jr. You obviously took it from took him from the Giants, and so just the the whole you know the difference in the personas and the attitudes and what the this the feeling is like of of the, each you know franchise or whatever so um yeah i mean it then you you just on top of it all the the talent that's been acquired over the past couple of years and uh obviously highlighted by miles My, garrett on the defensive side denzel ward and then you know last night with some you know young guys really shown out and so yeah it's it's quite amazing it's it-
0: it's different, and you know, even and that, and we, we've talked about this a couple of times on the show. And part of the reasons the excitement wasn't really there last summer was because it was the all right, well, yeah, we've seen Baker and he looks really good, and it's going to be Tyrod Taylor, and we didn't know what. It, but then it was the Jet game, and it was just like all right, you know, the animal's out of the cage. And one of the most special things about Baker is, and we talk about this, you know, everybody, you know, like he'll stand up for his teammates. It's kind of like he stands up for the city. Like he doesn't look at this team. You know, anything that happened pre-Baker, he don't care about. It's like, you know, look, it's a new error. I'm here. Put every drop of this on me. I don't care. Yeah. And that's really changed the attitude and, you know, obviously helped with the excitement. Uh, folks, we got John Costco here um, from Pro Football Focus. Guys, if you want to get better and learn, I always recommend Pro Football Focus, obviously the grading system. And this is where we incorporate John in here because, you know, as we're going to go through the season and John's going to be able to come on, We'll do specific plays, you know, how it's created and stuff. I mean, we did some fun stuff last year. And also, you know, John and I just like talking to each other. But uh, pro football focus, check it out. There's always opportunities to get yourself, you know, a discount of some sort. But, it, it, you know, with in the year 2019, it, there's an opportunity to become a better football fan, a smarter football fan, so check that out. iTunes rating, reviews, go over there. You know, make sure you subscribe. Drop me a rating, drop me a review. That is always appreciated as well, guys. Now, John, uh, I guess you know what, listeners. I will give you your due for the Mac Wilson folks. Uh, Let's just start there, John. It's an incredible debut. A number one. It's not even if you're a first round pick, fifth round pick, undrafted rookie, um, similar to the kid uh, from the Patriots, Jacoby Myers. You walk onto an NFL field for the first time in a game, and you do what Mac Wilson did. It's I mean, look, even was I a little down on the pick? Everybody knows it, but the kid just shut everybody the hell up and played a really good game last night. Obviously, it's going to, you know, you want consistency, but he just put out an amazing effort.
1: Yeah, you know, he looked like a completely different player uh, from when he when, you know, we valued him out coming out of college uh, to, you know, last night. And, you know, obviously you you, you heard of all the, the hype and you know all that stuff, and and training camp and OTAs and all that. You know, and you really kind of take that with a grain of salt because it's it's practice and it's you know again, not not live action, and so you 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 don't really know what these guys are capable of. But when it comes to like live game action, as much as preseasons game preseason games don't matter, like what he did was did matter. Like it it mattered because of how impressive it was. It wasn't fluke plays and. Um, just, you know, him being, happened to be in the right spot at the right time where you can get that where it's like, oh yeah, he had two interceptions, but like they were, you know, he, they were just tipped to him. Like he made like legit plays in coverage and he was making plays as a pass rusher too. Uh, he had actually two hurries on three pass rushes and he got there really quickly when he did that. And you know, like, uh, like those guys on CBD always said he he looked fluid in coverage. Like he, that was basically what it was. He was moving around on the field uh really impressively um and basically looked like a different player than when he came out of college and i think you know he kind of showed the reason why he was a five star athlete coming out of high school uh and you know maybe maybe when he was at alabama like he didn't maybe he didn't work as, as hard as, as he should have you know because he's like oh i you know i was a five star athlete i got recruited by the best school in the nation you know i have i've made it or whatever but then when you drop to the fifth round and you're thinking all right I'm going to be a you know first or second rounder i mean I, that's kind of a wake up call for for somebody like that, and you can either go one or two two ways with it and he's clearly taken that next step uh in his you know progress and he came out with a ninety seven something grade ninety seven point seven i mean that's insane for a single game grade you know you don't it's rare to get above even ninety three uh especially on the number of snaps that he had thirty six snaps and he got ninety seven point seven Ninety five point five in coverage. That's that's ridiculous. And, you know, obviously when you return a touchdown and you pick off another with a really athletic play, it's going to boost your grade that way. But I mean, you, he was everything you wanted him to be. Uh, and if he can continue that progress and look like that, like the Browns just absolutely got a steal, an absolute steal in, this, in the fifth round. Well, the thing is, and what makes it impressive,
0: um, and I'll start with, the, you know, the first interception. Obviously, the ball was a little poor, but you know, made the play, and he's got this ability where he kind of can deke people to where he gets to things they think he can't get to. The second interception, that was the crazy impressive one because it was he kind of laid low, saw the quarterback was going to make the throw, and then made the quick drop. I mean, he almost deked him into the interception, which was, cra- I mean, crazy good. But here, the thing that makes his night that much more impressive, John, is it's not like there was film to study. It's it's week one of the preseason. You had nothing to go off of, so everything essentially was read and react to what's in front of you, and that's what for me, you know, as much as I hate to eat crow, you know, I want to be right on every damn take. But that's what that's what was the most impressive. It's not like there was you know, chalkboard sessions and oh, we snuck a mole. Into the you know Redskins practices, they're trying to do this. It's week one of preseason. It was straight read and react to what's going on in front of you.
1: Yeah, I mean you're not you're you're up, you're not game planning anything for these preseason games. Only one only like you have you go in there with plans like like the Browns came in there with all right we're gonna run our two two minute offense first first drive of the games because we want to get this work in. Um, but like from a defensive standpoint, you're basically like all right. You know, Steve Wilkes is out there. I want to, I want to I wanna run some, you know, these these specific coverages and these looks, so I can, you know, kind of evaluate my guys. Um, and you know, so he's basically, yeah, like you said, reading and reacting. And he did a, he did it better than you, you could ask. Like he, I mean, he was obviously at the top notch level. He Read that, you know, that that dig uh, where he he sat underneath it faked out you know at least, like you said deked out the quarterback and you know pretty much hit himself from him and made um, obviously a really impressive athletic play to to make that interception and um you know and then when when you're you know when you're winning as a, as a pass rusher it's basically just mano y mano um and up against you know nfl you know not maybe maybe some guys that aren't going to be in the league anymore but you're you know, you, he's, he's beating them on, on those pass rushes as, you know, on a blitz and, and whatnot. So um, yeah, I mean, I mean, really, it's just to, to be able to do that in that type of a setting without game planning for it and basically being put into a spot where it's like, all right, we know they're going to run this type of play if they give this look. So you need to be here type thing. And they're not, they're not game planning for that. It, basically being able just to fly around and play football. Uh, I mean, that's that's hopefully he can continue that and be able to to live freely like that in this system
0: it's a great point and we're to the point now and and this is part of a college football problem um you know a lot of these athletes you know it's let me get through out of here as fast as possible and get to where the money is you know maybe that, and, you know, obviously, you know, look, I mean, Mac didn't test well, the tackle production. There, there were some issues, I don't know if it led to him being a fifth-round pick, that got him where he's at. But, you know, now it's hit the ground running, and the advantage you have as a fifth-round pick is, you know, maybe you're well, not making a lot of money up front, but you're getting yourself really closer to that second contract faster.
1: But go ahead. A couple things, too. So, like, you know, at Bama, they run one of the more complicated defenses in, in all of college football. You know, it's an L- NFL system there. So... You know, you you with NFL players. <laughs> yeah, right. So you're you're going in. So from high school to that is a huge transition. Obviously, you, if you have like the the raw raw talent, raw instincts, and stuff like that, you can fly around and, and essentially play football and, and like just dominate at a, at the high school level. But you can't really do that at the college level. You can if you're if you're like an elite athlete. Uh, you know, I mean, Miles Garrett is, is a guy who dominated in college because he's, he's an elite athlete. Like that is an elite athlete. But if you look at him from his rookie year to now, he looks like a completely different player, mainly because he grew into his body. He still had obviously all the raw tools, but now he's so much better as just because he's, he's grown into his body. He's grown up essentially. uh, And it's going to be like dangerous. What happens to offensive tackles when he's going up this year. But, uh so with Mac Wilson like maybe the for him it was just like way too much thinking and not enough just playing and so in a game like this where you don't have to think you, I mean you're obviously re- you're reading you're just playing football and you're you're going off your instincts and that you know perhaps that's what's best for him is just letting him you know obviously you have to play within the system and the rules but if you make a the system too complicated any player is not going to do well and it's a similar way like like only certain types of players can play in that New England system or that Bama system and really thrive but like they if you if you can play within that system you know Bill Belichick knows who to put in there and swap in and how to how to utilize his players um but you know he usually ha- he doesn't have like he doesn't put out these like these elite athletes and 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 stuff so he you know he gets more of the cerebral type players so if you can get a mac wilson out there that maybe you know doesn't doesn't have to think so much and i don't know if this is his personality or, or not or anything like that but you know that's part of maybe why he had such a great game is that he just was able to play instead of in that bama system where you know he, he sh- did show flashes and stuff but never that consistency and that was maybe because he was always thinking too much
0: it's the old you know with any athlete you know don't think react you know a you know It's the you know paralysis by analysis, but obviously great effort by him. Uh, We had a you know we had a Chad Thomas sighting, and that was another one. It felt weird, and you know he was quick. Um, It seemed he was decisive in what he was doing. Uh, Chad Thomas with a decent grade. I mean, well, first things first, with a grade from PFF, but a decent
1: (laughs) one. Yeah, he you know it was it was impressive. Like it was you know it really. You know, I, last night, so, like, I was grading a different game when that game was going on, so I was watching it, and basically he stood out. When, he, when I'm not able to pay attention, like, 100% of my attention onto a game, and he stands out, that says something, and then he comes back with it, and he, ha- he posted a really solid grade of uh, 74.7, as a pass rusher, 72.6. So, like, in our system, you know, you're, you're talking average in the, in the mid-60s, so he's well above average and almost getting to that, what we call, quote-unquote, good level. Um, but he was, he was good. I mean, he was, he had a quarterback hit. He had two hurries, um, and as a pass rusher. So if he can, you know, if he's somebody like they that's another guy that, you know, you listen to the beat and, you know, the, you know, clean Brown's daily and stuff like that have been talking about, like, he's actually having a really good, uh, camp. Obviously he had the one incident or whatever, where he flipped off a fan and a uh, team had a run because of it and, or not because of that, because he fought and then he flipped off a fan or whatever. And then, um you know he was sick for a couple days or whatever but other than that like all the reports that I've been seeing is that he's been having a really good camp so if like you know maybe he's a guy that his first three seasons that we graded of his were like pretty bad and then as a senior you know he graded out really well um but I was pretty you know his technique was never really good and he just kind of won on pure athleticism as a senior um when you see something like that usually you're kind of like all right he doesn't he doesn't you know he's going to have to get a lot of coaching at the NFL level, and you know maybe he's just a a for, a for one. You're in, you're going with Steve Wilkes as opposed to Greg Williams, who you know if you look at Miles Garrett, yeah, he was only able to use two moves or something like that. I actually haven't you know I haven't looked at that to see if like if he was only using you know actually two moves as you know the first two years of the um, you know of his career or not. But still, it's you know you get a probably get a better coaching staff around that guy and maybe be able to pull out the best of him if he can if he can be another guy like we were all talking about like we as in like pretty much everybody was saying chad thomas was a bust last year and then it was like oh, i'll just wait on Ch- austin corbett well like chad thomas really showed out and he's shown out in the in in and pre- you know camp and stuff like that whereas austin corbett might not win the starting job everybody assumed he was going to win the starting job and he might be relegated to like a backup role uh for another year and he might not be the guy that pans out. And it's kind of like a interesting way of looking at that where, you know, you really just don't know about these guys until they're, you know, especially this, you know, second, third, fourth, you know, I mean, all these guys, you, you can't know until you know, a couple years later. Yeah, and, you know, and
0: it's going to happen. And even with the talk now with Corbett where it's, you know, maybe he's the future center of this team. It's so, like, well, wait a minute. There's a three-year plan for a guy who was drafted 33rd overall you know, so it, it does seem weird now that maybe Chad Thomas could be ahead of Austin Corbett in the pecking order. Uh defensive side of the ball, uh a name or two who
1: stood out to you? Defensive side of the ball? As we finish up here, yeah. Oh I I think I think Taki Taki kind of stood out in a way where I was kind of more expecting him to be in along along the lines of what, what uh uh Mac Wilson was doing. Um I think Taki Taki had some had some errors in the game where so like he stood out. He stood out not in a great way, but not not in a real bad way. He had a couple of flashes, but he didn't he didn't grade out in any type of, you know, standout type of way. So like you know, there were a couple of plays where he was he slipped out on on the field, so he didn't have his uh, uh his feet underneath of him. So I think I think for somebody got a guy like that where he's obviously he's going to be jacked up to play this game, um, especially with starting because Joe Schobert was you know at the hospital with his wife who's in labor and hopefully she has had a baby by now but um I think I think you know part of that he he's got to you know he plays with such emotion he's got to learn how to to control that luckily for him he didn't actually miss any tackles but uh there were a couple times in coverage that you know when I was when I was going over it this uh this morning that he was out of position on a a couple of them so um he stood out in not a great way, just obviously as a rookie, uh, but then Greedy, you know, he did have that bust. Um, that was a, it looked like it was supposed to be cover three. He, he, you know, miscommunication on whatever happened, you know, for that play, uh, but obviously came back and, uh, you know, had the interception, had a couple of nice plays and run defense as well, uh, which is not something that you're expecting from him. So uh, he, he, you know, seeing, seeing him to be able to, to play well as a run defender, uh, then bounce back from a mistake that he had was pretty good.
0: And, the th- and that was going to be part of it. And it Taki, Taki like he, he's probably the one you couldn't view this because it was going to be, young man, just relax. I understand there's people in other jerseys. Just breathe. We're going to get through this, you know, because he, he's 110 million miles in everything he does. And, you know, look, you're, you're going to love him. He, he's gonna, he's gonna find his way. Um, he may be limited as you know what he can do, but you know he, he's going to be fun, and you know he's going to be that guy. There's going to be a scrum, and you know it's going to be 44. Um, you don't get in, like, seven practice fights without, you know, being a guy who mixes up a little bit. and Hopefully, you know, yellow hankies come through that way. Um, Zabo Apparel, guys. I talk about them all the time. Uh, veteran-owned company, putting out great shirts, Cleveland Brown-wise. Um, obviously, you know, the uh, the show up, the Joe Schobert shirt, uh, the the Hollywood Higgins walking the red carpet. One of my favorite, uh, like a lot of people are putting out great stuff, Zabo Apparel, big fans. Uh, you know, I am big fans of theirs. Um, and again, you know, any chance where I can help, you know, push a better own company trying to make some money to feed their family, check out Zabo Apparel. John, offensively, um, it was weird. We weren't sure what we were going to see. Um, and I think part of the reason why Baker went in there is the way this preseason schedules unfold. Um, you know, you have preseason week one at home. You have preseason week four at home. That's a crappy draw for your hometown fans. Um, but they did get to see Baker, and you know everyone wants to say two minute, two minute, two minute. I mean, I, I I talked about this last year. I'm not sure if we did this with you. It's not like this is anything that Baker did differently at Oklahoma. Um, maybe this might be something they can run with a little bit because I mean y- you've got the guys, you've got enough depth at skill. Hopefully, still with fingers crossed. With obviously the transgressions of Callaway and the trade of Duke Johnson, but. Baker is a you know I don't want to take any and give up let's go you know I mean he's just
1: Baker is the dude who you know went to Starbucks and got three cups So you know it's interesting about the whole 2 minute you know hey we're going to we're going to run our 2 minute drill to start the game or whatever if you if you remember from last year it's not like it's not like this is something that coaches it's never been done before like like Hugh Jackson like, Tyrod Taylor, his first drive? Remember, remember yep. how electrifying that was for everybody? Because it was, like, it big was a big
0: seam to and the Joku. Yeah, then, like, yep. it,
1: it was another, like, two-minute type drill, you know, opening to it. And it's just, you know, obviously that's exciting and everything like that. I mean, really, like, you, no no, no NFL team is going to be able to run it like, you know, run it like that um, every single drive. You want to, I think you want to have, um, to be able to, like, spread it around and, and whatnot, but... Um, and obviously, passing is what's king in, in the NFL. But you know, like Baker, Baker's a guy that he, he obviously is incredibly accurate. He obviously gets everything, but be fired up. But he's a baller. Like he, he basically can he can play and in whatever system it is. He's going that. and even even when like last player, Baker was, was still playing high level up until Jackson Todd Haley you know he's grading out really well he had a bad game against the Steelers yeah he's still you know grading out as a top 10 quarterback in the NFL it was the, the difference that came out was that Freddie's system was better for the whole the team as a whole and the team as a whole started actually playing better around Baker as well Baker obviously didn't elevate his his level of play in you know weeks 10 to, to 17 he was even better than he was early in the season, but still, like he was still playing well. And that's why we do we do so. Like, there's you know, you you have two different systems there. He played well. He was better. He was better in Freddie's system. So, like, Freddie just knows how to get the the right pieces around him to be able to, uh, to when he can just do what he does. That team's going to be clicking. And if you if you get that second year leap from Baker this year, that you know, as a rookie, obviously setting the, the touchdown record, he had the second highest grade we've ever given to a rookie quarterback as a you know in a, the PFF era since 2006. Um, if he takes a, a second year leap, similar to like what Russell Wilson was able to do his second year, and I mean it's going to be lights out for the Browns and 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 obviously everything everything that we expected of Baker, and obviously every, all the Browns fans hope he is he will obviously B, so it'd be, that'd be, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine what the city will be like. You obviously had, you know, LeBron James and whatnot, but, uh, he, he would take that crown so quickly.
0: Okay. Um, some, some of the stuff the fans wanted to focus on the offensive line. Um, you know, look, we know what four or five is going to be, uh, you know, right guard, I guess, Kush is going to end up with it.
1: Um, anybody stand out offensive line wise? Uh, so, I mean, we had the starting offensive line for the first seven plays of the, of the game, uh, obviously protecting Baker and they, they played well. And and, and in that drive, you, they allowed one hurry and that was by Kush. Um, other than that, like it was, you know, as business as usual. So, um, no, I mean, like in terms of that, nothing bad really stood out. Cush then stayed in for another fourteen plays after that um you know he had he had some run run blocks there he, uh and also more pass protection plays and uh he struggled a little bit as a, in pass pro um which would be you know a little bit concerning i guess uh considering the you know it's a preseason game, but really i think I think from the a starting offensive line standpoint. If Cush, if the rest of if the rest of the offensive line is plays as they did last year, and you got Cush that comes in and he plays, you know at the at like an, at an average level, offense t- interior offensive line is going to be perfectly fine. As now when it comes to those backups, a lot of those backups struggled. Uh, you know Kendall Lamb, who is going to be the swing tackle, uh, he struggled in, in, a, in pass pro and run blocking, gave up a hit in a hurry uh kyle kalis before he went down to injury was struggling as a run blocker austin corbett obviously most people were expecting him to be as a right guard in the second string i was definitely expecting that he played center pretty much the entire game uh he really struggled there uh drew forbes you know obviously people like him because he's probably you know prospect x struggled there witzman he struggled as well so like there's the backup position uh, of all the uh, you know for the offensive line there is a little bit of concern there uh you want them to be at least at an average level if they were to come in and replace any of these guys that get injured because the browns were pretty lucky last year not as didn't, those guys didn't miss any snaps the only guy you know you had the uh the whole left side or not the left side but from left guard uh, left guard to right tackle none of those guys missed a snap uh where obviously left left tackle was switched mid season you just don't want those, you know. You you can't rely on that type of injury luck like you had last year, and uh, so you need to get something figured out for those backups. Yeah, and
0: that was even the thing because, like, everybody, oh well, you know, there's a couple of young kids. There's a, you know some veteran free agents that were brought in. This is what was already in house. Just because you have a lot of names doesn't necessarily mean you truly have a unit. Um, I still think there could be a possibility that that's going to be addressed somehow, some way. Um, Dontrell Hilliard, um, he's now RB2 um, for the first eight weeks. Um, I think you can see where he's going to give you a lot of what Duke gave you as a receiver. Um, you know, look, I mean, Nick maybe a little more on his plate in year two, but, you know, <sighs> Hilliard still concerns me, and this just, you know, it goes to the trade, and look, you know, yes, I'm a Duke fan, everybody knows that, but... Are we totally comfortable in, you know, with what Dontrell Hilliard has done? And it's, it's a small sample size, especially as a runner, because you know the carries he got yesterday, he got zero in the regular season in 18. Um, and it's hard to gauge a running back physically running the ball, especially in week one of the preseason, the way the offensive lines work. Um, probably going to need a little help here, John,
1: as far as actually running the ball. So the good news for Browns fans is that you know, we always talk about how running backs don't matter, and they're pretty replaceable. Um, you know, the the mat, what matters is how you know what they're able to do as a, in, in pass protection and um, as a as a catcher out of the backfield. Uh, because I think as a runner, you know, I'm going to be perfectly fine with with Dontrell Hilliard, even if Ernest Johnson's there. What whoever they have to put in, and you know, even if it's AJ Olette, you know, who you know. Did pretty well. Um, if they have to play whoever, you know, just look at any team that has to pull up. You know, CJ Anderson last year. You know, come off the streets. He's, he's eat, you know he ate like an entire uh, pig roast or something like that and stepped God in there bless and was more 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 efficient than Todd Gurley. And it's like if you have the right system in place as a running back, you give him a carry. You know that like basically they're not they're not adding all that much. For the team, where they become valuable as a, in pass protection and and Pat, you know as a pass receiver. Well, problem was last night was Hilliard was really bad as a pass you know pass blocking. He graded out as a twenty one point five. He gave up a hurry and two, was beaten twice, um, and obviously that is an issue. Same thing with De'Ernest Johnson was not good as a pass in pass pro eighteen point five grade. Uh, you know was beaten a couple times in in that, and even though he these guys are talking about real small sample sizes, but still you don't want to see these guys getting beat like that. Um, whereas Duke Johnson was, you know, he, he was, you could rely on him at least to do that. So, you know, if these guys can get better as, in pass protection to when they have to protect, uh, obviously that would be ideal and better and stuff like that. But I think, you know, as, as good as Duke Johnson, and he's fantastic with the ball in his hands, he's great in open field. Uh, whenever you gave him the ball, you, you really you know expecting him to, to make people miss and and earn a lot of yards um and you know in our we have a at pff we have a war metric which is wins above replacement and he was you know over the past three seasons combined the i think the eighth most valuable running back which is saying something for a guy that really didn't actually get the ball as much as that he wanted to get the ball or people thought he should get the ball so uh when he did get it he was obviously really valuable when he uh as from a running back position but um, I'm not too worried about the backup running back position because if these guys can't figure it out, then I'm pretty confident in, in John Dorsey and literally any other GM to be able to find a running back that would suffice. To be honest, and it's look, I mean, and it's and the only thing, and this is just the one thing: if um, Kareem Hunt suspension
0: was two games. Or it was four games. I would have been like, Okay, I'm never gonna argue the return. Look, I mean, you may get a better draft choice for Duke Johnson than they used on him. So that's fine. I, I get it, but it's and the other thing is is the crux of the schedule is that first eight games. They're um, yeah, bring somebody in. That's that's fine, whatever. you know, we'll deal with it. I mean, does it mean Nick's gonna play a bunch more? It probably it, it's probably trending that way is my guess until somebody's brought in that maybe you have a little more confidence in. Offensively, um, now look, you know, the wide receiver the wide receiver room, look, it, it was I think there was five guys you knew who were gonna be, you know, on the opening fifty three. Obviously Antonio Callaway is going to take a month off. Uh, they liked Derek Willis Derek Willie's. They liked Derek Willie's last year. Let's talk about the kids. I mean, uh, you know, obviously Ish, Hyman and a bunch of other guys, and obviously the punt return from Damian Sheehy, Giuseppe. If that ever, t- who knows if that's going to turn into anything? But for a kid like that, just to have that moment, any now we're looking for a wide receiver five, a wide re, wide receiver six, possibly. Any who who stood out last night that could possibly go ahead and take that? Obviously, Hyman's
1: fumble was a little bad, poor technique. Yeah, I I liked what Hyman was able to do other than fumbling that ball. I think, you know, you take away that fumble, and he he did some really good things. He was able to get open, which I think is the most important thing a wide receiver can do is to be able to get open. Um, And even with that fumble, still created out at a 78.4. Went to my rival high school,
0: John. We talk about it. We bust each other's chops. He went to my rival high school here in Jersey.
1: Really? Yep. All right. Well, uh, you're gonna. I guess you're gonna have to suck it up if he makes the team, right? <laughs> well, we'll be cool about it. We'll be cool about it. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. And DJ. DJ Montgomery is another guy who you know. I see these guys got like limited reps and and, and but they, targets. But the key but is to make the most of them. Exactly. You be able to make the most of them, and and you know, other than like the fumble that Hyman had, did make the most of them. And I think he and from what I was able to see, and and not just a grade standpoint, able to get open, and I, that is. That is the most important thing a wide receiver can do. And you talk about like you see these these receivers, and especially in in preseason, where they make these really impressive catches and tight coverage and these contested catches, one handed, whatever it may be. You know that's not sustainable. That is, you know, you're a. They're making these contested catches against you know future ice cream truck drivers or whatever. Um, But if you're able to get open and consistently do that, find the hole hole in the in the zone. Um, run good routes and then have obviously good strong hands when the ball is thrown to you that's what's most important because then you can then you can be relied upon to be open or at least to run the right route and so I think you know those guys Montgomery and Hyman are probably at you know be can battle for that I think obviously you know uh, she he uh, I'm gonna bit I would butcher the second part of his last name so I'm not gonna try it but um, Giuseppe come on now just Giuseppe Giuseppe. That right? Yes. Giuseppe. All right. Easy. Well, you've live, always
0: lived in the Midwest. I'm on the East Coast right. guy. So for me, it right. rolls off the
1: tongue. Right. Exactly. So I, I'm, I'm a, you know, Midwesterner and uh, don't, don't have the, uh, uh, the variety or the diversity here uh, that, you know, names <laughs> to, to go off of. But, you know, she, Giuseppe, he, I mean, he's obviously, he has the, uh, just a raw talent there and obviously the speed. And so it. That number six wide receiver position, are you looking for more of a, that returner? Do you want a returner that you can rely on, or do you want that guy to actually see wide receiver snaps? More, more likely, you're going to see either the returner, he's going to be in teams, um, and he's going to be a heavy special teams type guy, and that's what you see from that. Um, and so, really, I think what it actually is going to come down to is, you know, if any of these guys can really stand out in special teams, obviously – uh, the punt return helps uh, Sheehy Giuseppe, so, um, but I think from a w- pure wide receiver standpoint, you know, Hyman and uh, Montgomery really, really showed well in that area, minus they fumble from Hyman.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, look, I mean, he, but the thing with Hyman is you get excited. I mean, it's a big moment. I mean, you know, you went to the AAF where they tried to sell you like it was going to be a really, really big thing. And then, you know, all of a sudden, now, sorry, uh, you're not going to get paid for the last two weeks. And so, I mean, you understand it and what he was trying to do, but it's, you know, it is simple stuff. You know, ball to sideline, you know, have you, you know, so, but, you know, he showed some things. And I think for week one, you saw a lot of promise. And we've talked about things like this in the past, you know, like Labor Day weekend where there were cuts, you know, the Browns, oh, can we get. A st- if we can get a starting weak side linebacker, if we can find that third wide receiver, this year in Bur- in Berea, it's going to be. How the hell am I going to get this roster to 53? It's going to. It's such a welcomed difference in the overall product where it's. I don't know how I'm going to be able to keep 53 guys because I want to keep 60.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a good problem to have, right? Your you're... rich people problems. Yeah, it really. First, first world problems. So, like, you know, if you're if you're battling, if you're trying to, if you if you're able to get that roster down to, you know, fifty four, fifty five, or whatever, and then you're just like figuring out the last couple ones, uh, you know, obviously that's, you know, maybe not not a, as a competitive roster, but you know, it really does seem like for for this roster you're looking at in the sixties, and then it's gonna be a real battle of trying to figure out who to cut it down to the fifty two, fifty three, and uh, area, and so they, um. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, the the talent the talent in this roster is far better than it was, you know, obviously, two years ago when, when it was 0-16. Obviously, I don't think that roster was an 0-16 roster. You had uh, coaching issues that I think was the main reason for a uh, winless season. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you're looking at a roster now that you, you basically expect to get to the playoffs. And so you're looking at, you know, battle positions for Basically, special teams and backup roles, which is for the most part, which is what you want to see happening and basically have guys that can solidify those those starting roles already. And that way, you you know what to expect from from players. So, yeah, I mean, it's obviously uh, to be able to do that is is key and, and good for the roster
0: John, obviously, it's, it's always a pleasure here. We're gonna put a bow on this one, uh, guys. Obviously, John Costco from Pro Football Focus does a fantastic job over there. Uh, the family has reloaded, re—I'm uh, sorry, uh, has you know, obviously relocated closer to the headquarters. Um, you know, John just continues to grow a PFF. Uh, I'll never tell anybody, but apparently there was a ward, an award last year. But uh, you know, and. John, and I we just we have a good vibe together, um, so make sure you follow on John Costco at John Costco three, correct?
1: That is correct at John Costco three. I am the third. And my son is the fourth, so that's why it's John Costco three. Wow. Well, in, in case anybody wondered, well, I was the
0: second, um, but I have daughters, so
1: I wasn't going to name yeah. either
0: of them, Jeff. So that legacy, that legacy, uh, sadly, has passed on. I, I can't um, even think
1: of a Je- Jeff Afina... A uh, girl name to put your name into. I can't even think of a
0: good one. Yeah, yeah they would have. I mean, and even still, now they're <laughs> twelve and a half, eleven and a half. If I had named either of them that, they would have kicked my ass. So, uh, yeah. So that's just the way that goes. But obviously, uh, the Pro Football Focus crew, guys. Uh, you know, I, I admire the work they do, and it's extensive, it's deep, and for any football fan, Pro Football Focus helps you guys become a smarter fan. So go ahead, check that out. Um, the show, uh, the at Lockdown Browns Twitter account. It's always a follow back, um, DMs are open, me, at Jeff, underscore, LJ, underscore, Lloyd. Yes, the DMs are open, porn bots, everybody, whatever comes through, comes on through. But uh, we're starting to get to more of an in-season type of approach here on the show, which I cannot enjoy more. Um Bless you all for hanging through us from the summer where we're just trying to take anything and any information and trying to put out good content for you. Now we have legit content, and we're going to continue to put that out for you guys day in, day out. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LLB. Let's go, Browns.